What kind of bird are you? Well, she's a dove and she's a raven. No. What I said, what kind of bird are you? I'm a raven. Yes! <laughs> yes! Take your sticky paws off me, you damn dirty ape. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I drink your milkshake. What we've got here is Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Cineflex. I'm Ethan. I'm your host. Uh, <laughs> of f- This is my second episode I'm putting out, and I just wanted to thank everyone for the advice and the support and compliments I got on the last episode. Um, some of my friends who gave me some great feedback, Sam, Sydney, Alexis, Paloma, Grace, Jessica Taylor Strachan. Trevor, Charles, and Jamie, and uh, also thank you to my letterbox people as well, Jason, Clara, Alex, Austin, Neville, Something Someone, Cinema, Cine Addict, Cuckoo Chanel, Richard, Siegel, and Rashid, uh, the, those people all, all gave me amazing feedback on the last one, and if, and if I didn't name you, I'm sorry, I probably just forgot. Um, if you can leave me uh, review our rating on iTunes. That would be like super, super helpful. Um, I just love to hear more of your thoughts and everything. Uh, so for today's episode, I got my girlfriend Paige on the show, the person responsible for our beautifully drawn, uh, logo and, um, my girlfriend of seven and a half years, (laughs) Um, to talk about one of our favorite movies, Moonrise Kingdom. Um, and we are recording from a cabin in the woods um, where I dragged all my equipment to. We'll get into that a bit in the episode, but uh, it was it was definitely an adventure and a really fun time recording this one. So please enjoy this episode and thank you to everyone for listening. How are you doing? I'm good. This is the first time I'm having you on the podcast. I know. Big video. Yeah. We should say we're recording this from Angora, which is yeah. I I believe it's a very small lake, and I think mm-hmm. we can safely say this is the first podcast ever recorded from Angora. Probably. I mean, there are nine cabins here. Oh, then... Should we explain Angora? Sure. Should we get into the movie yeah. first? We can explain Angora. It's we can always cut it out. <laughs> Cut anything out. It's yeah. um, it's this little tiny lake near Lake Tahoe, and um, it's gorgeous. You you really feel like you're in your own world, and you get up here, and um, there are like nine cabins on the lower lake, and at the upper lake there's this little tiny resort that's just a bunch of cabins really. But um, then a few day hikers come in and out, but um. You kind of have to hike in to get to the cabin and to like 
they were all built in the 20s, so yeah. they've got a little they've got a little funk to them. There's a little funk going on. There's a little funk to this cabin. But it's it's great funk. It's really it's fun. Charming funk. It's we very charming. we love the funk. We love the funk. Yeah. So what I did is I brought my projector up here. We we um we hung we hung a bed sheet from the loft. <laughs> Um, I brought the projector. I had to like drive into town. I had to hike down to the parking lot, drive into town, go to the CVS, <laughs> drive back up because I forgot an HDMI cord. I remembered you everything else. The entire else. setup. And the entire I setup. Forgot one I cord. even brought a mic. I brought a mic. I brought my computer. I brought. I brought like. I brought everything. I forgot <laughs> a an big HDMI projector. Cord. A massive projector. Speaker. <laughs> speaker everything. Speaker. I forgot an HDMI cord. But, uh, I got, I got that all, I got that all situated such that we could watch our movie tonight. Um, first of all, we were drinking white wine tonight. When you hike everything in, you have a limited selection and I'm very happy with this wine. It's, it it is a boxed wine. I'm going to pour myself more right now. It's not the most appealing sound. (laughs) Sure, I'll take some more. Okay, thanks. Yeah, it's um, a Sauvignon Blanc. It's called La Petite Frog, or what is it? Peak Pool. Peak Peak Pool. pool. It's great to hike in because you can just because we burn we burn things for kindling, so you can burn the box, burn the trash. Um, That's very burn the box and slap the bag. Burn the box and slap the bag. Oh. On that note, um, <laughs> yeah. Any initial thoughts this movie? We we should probably. I think this is like one of our favorite movies. This is one of the mm-hmm. first movies we bonded over ever. Probably, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's just such a. Wait for the door. <laughs> Um, so it's a small cabin, everyone. <laughs> and everything creaks. Everything creaks. <laughs> Bear with us. I mean, the, I mean, the film is just so romantic and it's, it's so coming of age. It's just, I think at a time when we, we first watched it in our probably like mid teens and we had, I think we just started dating and it was I think it, I mean, it resonates you with you at almost any age, but I think at the same time, just because we were, you know, around a similar age to the characters, it felt really, um, um, I guess like, like we really connected really with it. Yeah. Yeah. It really so resonated with us. So we were born us. in 97. Um, I looked it up and both the actors were born in 98. So like we're, we okay, are, we, 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 we were right around the same age yeah. as these characters when this movie came out. Okay. You know, just like a That's couple years, just like a couple years younger, so you can sort of look back and go like, oh, I remember middle school. But I mean, we were <laughs> like right at that age, yeah. basically. Paige and I like, um, we were friends for a long time. Yeah. We yeah. met in middle. We met. In, excuse me. Preschool. We met in preschool. We did. But uh, we became friends again in middle school. And then, um, and then magically. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we were like best friends for a long time. We were really good friends for a long time. And then, um, 10th grade, you asked me out and we started dating. With, 
Ritz crackers in your mouth. Yeah, I was chomping on some Ritz Ritz crackers um, at brunch at high school. We had this weird passing period called brunch that was in between our first two classes. So we'd all have like 10 minutes to eat a snack. <laughs> so and, I was, Paige, and Paige took that opportunity. I did. I did to eat my Ritz crackers. And um, it was so funny because he asked me out and I was like mid bite and this like dry cracker is like all in my mouth. And I'm like trying to like, like get to the point so that I could just respond. And eventually I was like, yes. But meanwhile, he's sitting there like, oh my God, is she going to like respond to me? Is she going to say something? That was, that was a, that was a fun time. Yeah. Um, so Charlie, Charles Dickey, Charlie from the theater suggested we do a draft. And I think that's a great idea. I think usually I end up doing like a draft of like scenes. I think in this, in this case, the characters are so, so, so good that I think we should do a draft of the characters Mm -hmm. because I think we could go off on, you know, so many different tangents with like Wes Anderson just gets the ultimate cast together oh, for well, I so mean, many side so many side characters that are so mm-hmm. compelling um he, i mean yeah. wes anderson i just love him because he's so i mean he's he's my favorite director but i mean he's just amazing at character development it's just you know the first time you see a character you know exactly what they're all about and that first scene you could say exactly you know their intentions their goals their um, you know, you could just, you could just see it in the way that they're acting and he, and he just sets up the scene so, or I guess the, sets up the film so well, um, you really start getting to know, you really get to know the characters almost immediately. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. For sure. Should we, um, should we give us some, should we, should we give a synopsis of the movie first? Sure. Just basic synopsis. Obviously, spoiler alert, obviously. Um, so Sam Shikusky and Susie Bishop. Sam is an orphan. Susie is from the home of Bill Murray and Frances McDormand, which are on the list of all-time movie parents. Like <laughs> I would say so. They're on they're on that list. Yeah. I don't I don't know if they're there. Like um what about like okay Tuno had Jennifer Garner and Jason Bateman. That's pretty yeah, that's good. Hard to beat. Um, I think Bill Murray and Francis McDormand are higher up yeah. for me. Like there, there's a few that oh um, Juno also had J.K. Simmons and Allison Janney as oh, wow. as uh, right. as her parents. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's jeez. That's a great one. But Bill Murray and Francis McDormand are all time movie parents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so she runs away from home. Yeah. He runs away from his uh, scout troop because they have fallen madly in love. Mm-hmm. They um, met at um, like a little recital held in a church mm-hmm. about um, Noah's Ark. And there is just the most, the, just the cutest scene ever where, um, where Sam gets all um, tired of watching the play and he runs backstage just you know search going through the whole area searching around and then he um gets into the girls dressing room what kind of bird are you 
Well, she's a dove and she's a raven. No. What I said, what kind of bird are you? I'm a raven. Yes! <laughs> yes! Yep, that's the scene. That's the scene. That's the scene. Um, anyway, that's where they meet. And it's just one of those things where there's just an, there's an instant connection. And they're both just so bold with each other. I think that's what makes it Yeah, no, they're work. both so they bo- bold. They're both just so themselves in that moment that I think... It's so funny because you think of, like, that middle school age, like, 12, 13. That's probably what they were. And, you know, you can go up to someone and do that. And it's hard it's enough like, when that one weird girl starts, like, talking over everyone else. Like, it's, she's this and she's that. But It's, it's just, like what you want to be when you're 12. It's, it's exactly like, what you wanted like, to do, yeah. It's like you're 12 and you don't have the fucking balls to do that but you, yeah. you want you that's exactly what you want yeah. to do it's exactly yeah, what you want to do yeah. <laughs> oh my god yeah no that's that's a that so that's cute. a great way to say it completely completely it's so cute um should we go through our favorite scenes maybe what are your favorite well scenes? let's finish that off so they so they start writing yes, to each other completely and then they um and they fall madly in love and then they run off together and um and he's a little like khaki scout, and she has all of her like prized possessions from home, and then um, they run off and uh, try to follow a trail. Try to follow a trail that he's he's um, sort of mapped out in his free time, mm-hmm. um, based on the help of Bob Balaban, who's also the narrator. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Okay. O- I love that opening scene, great. especially the one where he's like propped he... up on a rock with his like <laughs> leg out. And he's got his hands on his hips. Feels like, like a the weird... storm's about to hit in two days' time. <laughs> feels like a weird nature documentary it's so great. it's like an yeah. old documentary totally, and then totally and then um okay off that i just have to say yes. so that character the um that character's outfits are amazing <laughs> the big red coat and the yeah. funky pants and the thing yeah. that i've <laughs> started noticing throughout a lot of the film is that they like almost all of the like pants and, like, cuffs and stuff were all, like, hemmed a little too short. <laughs> like, just a little bit. <laughs> just to the point where it's, like, it, yeah, it adds a, a bit of, like, funk to it. It's a little funny. It's a little funky. And you're like, hmm. It looks like you've almost grown out of it. Like yeah. You're, no, completely. Like you're... <laughs> completely. It adds to, like, the, the, the sort of period piece aspect. I always forget this yeah. movie's a period piece. It's 1965. I know. I know but, but it feels the, so natural in the world that it's in that you forget that it's supposed to be of, of a different time. Yeah. It just feels so in, in its own world. This is one of the lowest budget movies that Wes Anderson has made. And, I mean, to think of, like, I mean, I, I mean to think of all the big name actors that he cast in it, it's... It's crazy to think. And, and and then also the sets and stuff. Well, I mean, a lot of these actors are like, Wes Anderson, please put me in a movie. I'd Completely. love to work with you. Completely. So he can he can pay them in peanuts and they wouldn't care. Completely. So right? Bill Murray's like that. But mm-hmm. this is the first time he worked with Edward Norton. It's the first time mm-hmm. he worked with 
Tilda Swenton. It's the first time mm. he worked with Francis McDormand. Okay. It's the first I um Bruce Willis definitely. It's the first it, I think it's the only time he's worked with Bruce Willis oh, thus far. But I, I mean so there's these actors that I mean are big 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 names. Mm. Um and it's like the first time he's worked with them. But obviously it's like I mean you could cast me in a Wes Anderson movie. I I'd I'd pay about half my savings to be me too i would i would yeah absolutely oh my god just to be part of this whole aesthetic and everything else it's like it's so it's so fun it's so like yeah joyous and beautiful these things Paige is super into pinterest and very into (laughs) aesthetics sure i guess yeah (laughs) when you put it that way yeah um (laughs) Yeah, I I do. I like um, I like so, interior design. I like um, you like symmetry? fashion. I like symmetry. This is what Ethan's getting at. I like symmetry, and it's true. I have a thing with symmetry. I I I don't know what it is, but I love that aspect of his film of Wes Anderson's film because um, he'll center a shot around. It, well, it's so planned out. Just, I mean, it's so funny because it's it's one of those things where, like, I think prior to Wes Anderson doing something like that, you would say, oh, that's too, like, planned out. It's going to feel stilted as an audience member. But you actually feel like you're part more a part of the world because the whole world is almost that way. Everything is intentionally placed. Like, the little objects on the desk and, like, just the way that someone's hair is done. Um, like, all these things are so planned out and intentional that you feel like the shots are super intentional. And when something is symmetrical, you're su- you're hyper-focused on the things in the center and the things that don't match the symmetry. And I think that's what's so cool about um, the way that Wes Anderson does a lot of his film. Completely. I think you're getting at a really good point, which is that everyone focuses on every everyone focuses on the symmetry of his work, mm-hmm. but people don't necessarily necessarily focus on the asymmetry of his work, which is when like he'll have two people directly framed, and then one thing on this side of the, like one thing on the left side and one thing on the right side that don't mm-hmm. match, and yeah. then and then you're you're immediately looking at the juxtaposition between those two things. You're mm-hmm. so focused on the symmetry that you forget to notice like. So for instance, one of my favorite shots in the movie is when Pilmarie lifts up the tent, and they're like <gasps> hugging each other. Oh gosh, I love that scene on the yeah. like. On the base of it the hurts. tent. Oh, oh, it, it hurts. hurts. It hurts It does. But so, so, Pill Murray's on the left side, and um, her mom's also on the left side, and Sam is on the right side, but also his whole scout troops on the right side. Mm. And so you sort of see the split between the two of them, and you see the split that's starting to form between the two of them as they're going to start yeah. to be, as people are starting to separate the two of them. Yeah, it really brings you back to reality. Yeah, no, completely, completely. And and, 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 like, I think what this movie gets at is, like, I look back at my personal experience with, like, just, you know, quote-unquote heartbreak in middle school, <laughs> you know, and, like, it, it feels so real it at does. the time. You look back yeah. and you're like, God, these kids are, like, five foot or under and, like, 
and like what do they know about life and they're all like awkward and weird looking and like no but their feelings are so their feelings are so real at the time i mean i mean like i mean like you look at these kids and 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 they're just (laughs) experiencing so you just want to get like you just want to give them a hug. Yeah. Sometimes I, sometimes I, I like bike by middle schoolers and I'm like, oh, I can tell you're having a hard time. <laughs> like, I'll you're just like, be I on wish my bike. I could tell you I'm like, all these I'm things. I'm like, I can't give you a hug, not only because of the pandemic, but also because I'm being strictly weird. Yeah. <laughs> but I just wish I could like help you through this time because it's all going to be okay. I know. Oh my God. Like, I know. It's, it's hard. And it's something that I think almost everybody goes through at totally, some point. Totally. That's what makes it so relatable. And, and Wes Anderson did a great job at making it feel so, so like, I think, yeah, you forget what it's like. And then you watch this film and you're like, oh my God, I know. I, I remember everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Remember mm-hmm. exactly how it feels. And I think the other movie that comes to mind that just does this exceptionally well, which Paige and I both had an had a had an amazing experience with it. I think I know what you're talking about. Paige, what am I talking about? Eighth grade. Yes. Yeah, eighth grade was great at this too. Oh my god, I was thinking maybe we should watch eighth grade, but I was like Moonrise Kingdom. Eighth grade, eighth grade is like frightening. How well? Yeah, it's so scary. Okay, okay. So there's a there's a scene like one of the scariest scenes in in the movie is when they drop off little Elsie Fisher. I I forget her I forget her name in the movie, but actress Elsie Elsie Fisher at this house and she's walking up to the door. I'm like, oh my god, I can't remember how many times I haven't thought about those times, but I was there like so many times. It's terrifying. It's it's literally frightening. And like all these kids in the in like the pool. It's like and a pool like party and they're all awkward. And, and some of them are like you know like these boys with giant goggles on. Like I don't know, and it's just like. So, it's so intimidating. You feel how intimidating it is. Yeah. And then, that, like, you know, if you were an adult in that situation, you'd just be like, get in the pool. Like, what's the Yeah, you're like, what's your, big, what's your issue? But when yeah. you're in it, it's so intense. It's so intense. Yeah. And I think both of these movies capture that so, so, so well. Yeah. Um, I think we should do, should we do our draft of our favorite scenes and then maybe our favorite characters after? What do you think? Sure. Okay, so would you rather have your, um, so let's give you the first pick for one of these and me the first pick for the other one. Do you want to have your first pick for favorite scenes? Or do you want to have your first pick for favorite characters? I want scenes. Okay, favorite scene. Number one pick on the clock page. Favorite scene of the movie. I think it's when, um, they find them on the beach and Bill Murray pulls off the tent. I think so that's number brutal. one. It's so brutal, but I think it's it's so brutal, it's, but it's, it's, it's entire. Good. It's the whole point of the film. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the connection they have, and they're clinging on to their love, and and reality is bringing them down. And it's just it's just it's everything that this film is about. I think it like you could show that one scene and it would embody the entire thing. That's true. That's true. That's a good point. And it's so heartbreaking. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's so heartbreaking. So is the scene of them dancing on the beach a separate scene? I know. I was thinking about that. Is it a separate scene? Like, am I allowed to draft that? You are allowed to draft that because I want that discussed. (laughs) Have you? Okay. Okay. So 
clearly I draft um, the scene of them dancing together on yeah. the beach. Francois uh, Hardy. Um, to Francois Hardy, which, by the way, the exact record that she plays, the exact record that she shows when she holds up the record, I bought that record. I bought that record on eBay. I'm so happy with that purchase. <laughs> Francois Hardy is amazing. It's great. And Paige and I have both oddly gotten into 60s French pop. Like, I don't know. If I, don't, I don't know a word of what they're saying, I but it's fun. C'est le temps de l'amour, le temps des, des copains, et de l'aventure. Quand le temps va les viens, on ne pense à rien. I don't have to charm you, it's fine. <laughs> okay. It's it's amazing i love that so I, I i actually like love that song independently of the whole movie i love that song so much it's such a great song oh it's great it's so and it it's it, it really is like everything in that scene too totally it's like, this is the time of c'est le temps de l'amour this is the time of love le temps des copains the time of lovers et de l'aventure the time of adventure it's everything in it's that. it's literally it's it's, it's literally like it per it perfectly captures the moment with its lyrics, with its tone, with everything. It wouldn't surprise me if um, if Wes Anderson had heard that song beforehand and was like, "I need to put that in a movie." Totally. And then was like, building the scene around it. Totally. I could totally see that. Totally. I, I I've told you, but I don't know. I have not told the podcast about my future movie soundtrack playlist, which is like <laughs> whenever I like. I have this playlist of songs that are like deep cuts that not a lot of people have heard, but like whenever I come up with a movie scene for them, that's going to be like the list of songs that I immediately go to just because they've got so, so much great stuff on them. And, and I think a couple of them have already gotten taken off, including Quentin, Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood stole my use of jose feliciano's california dream in, in like in like the pinnacle scene of that movie and I, quentin I, if you're hearing I, this you're gonna receive a cease and desist <laughs> cease and desist quentin. oh from ethan colbert this is gonna go so well yeah great, um, <laughs> great. no no i mean page page i'm watching this in theater i'm like god damn it like during this great scene with a great song <laughs> I know, like, we were both like, ugh. And we were in this movie theater where it's like, like you can't say anything or you get I kicked out. I went to out. the Alamo Draft House in San <laughs> yeah. Francisco, which, which, for those of you who don't know, it's this, it's this chain that started in Texas that serves drinks and popcorn. Like food, and... like fancy food. It's You like order and they have, <sighs> there's a table at your two seats. Yeah. It's like dine-in kind of. And then they, it's funny, these like, these people, they like, um, the people who work, they'll, They'll like hunch over and while the movie's going, and they'll like hunch over and run between the seats to get your food to your table. It's pretty fun. It's so great. It's but so yeah, great. they have I a strict the no ta- no talking um, policy. And so <laughs> when that song came on, we were both like, <gasps> "How dare he? How dare he take your song?" I'm sure Quentin has better movie taste than me and known the song independently. But I I'm was sure very, he had was... planned that out before we even thought anything i was i was very upset with him (laughs) (laughs) anyways um the the soundtrack is great of this movie but also like the score the alexander desplat score i love all the plucking strings that yeah 
I know. It's There's... so beautiful. I, 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 I absolutely adore the score of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, it's very light. Yeah. But, um, there's a lot of movement in it. And so you feel the, like, um, the adventure in it. Yeah. But, um, but it's beautiful and they're in nature the entire time. And you really feel like you're kind of just, I don't know. There's some, yeah, there is something about that score that really fits the, the vibe of the film. Yeah. Like I, I, Alexander Desplat to me is like he's one of the best working composer these composers these days. Um, Paige and I have an obsession with Ennio Morricone, which I'm sure will come up at some point. Oh, I'm later. sure. <laughs> um, R.I.P. Ennio, we oh. love you. Uh, yeah. But um, I, I, Alexander Desplat is one of the greatest working composers. Yeah. These days, I think just the way. He kind of captures, yeah, you, it's it's light, but it feels important. It feels exciting, but it's mm-hmm. it's sort of, it, it, it treads lightly on the movie in a way that, like, Hans Zimmer, you know. Like, Alexander Desplat is almost the opposite of Hans Zimmer in a lot of ways. That's true. And I think it's, yeah, I mean, that's hard. That's, even, like, just playing the music, that's hard to play because... It's light, but it's very, like, kind of tactile. And yeah. So it's, like, very strict finger movement. And everything Wes Anderson is very technical, so it just It's fits. very technical. It's it, fitting. It, it fits perfectly. Yeah. It fits perfectly. Light and technical. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I really want to get into the colors of yeah. Wes Anderson's work. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, dying to talk about this. Um... Yeah, Wes Anderson is just a master with color, like, color palette. I mean, he really showed that with the Grand Budapest Hotel. Like, everything was pastel pink and, like, that pistachio green color. Um, And then in this film, you do see those, again, like, pistachio green and the yellows and the yellow and khaki green tones that you see in the, the khaki scouts. And then, um, and then with the, the house that, um... Uh, Susie grew up Susie, in. Yeah. It's bright red and it's slightly more colorful. She she wears like pink and yellow and these brighter colors. Um, everything is kind of like sixty toned colors, which is true, I guess, to the period. It does seem very mid century modern. Just all the colors in there. It's just just the whole aesthetic yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's kind of like um, there are a lot of bright, like the brighter sixty tones and then pastels. Um, and then, yeah, but I think it's so interesting because with the, um, with the different characters, they each have their own kind of color palette and, um, yeah, I just, I love that. I think that's so cool. I think it says a lot about the characters too, the colors that you pick. Completely. In addition with that, like, um, Susie's makeup, she has that bright blue eyeshadow. Oh my gosh. Which is awesome. It's so great. And I mentioned that apparently the actress was instructed to do all of her own makeup, which it it just, it just fits. It just fits the whole thing. It's like the middle school that's like trying to figure out how to do her own makeup. And oh God. Oh God. I mean, Paige has been there. I I have not been there. I've been there there with the blue eyeshadow. I feel (laughs) it. You know, not quite to that extent, but my first eyeshadow palette was blue like blue toned and and I loved that thing 
because I had blue eyes and I was like, this matches my eyes. It's going to look great. (laughs) 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 And so I put blue eyeshadow on every day. Every day in middle school, I wore blue eyeshadow. I remember that phase. That I do remember thing. that phase. Yeah. We were friends. It wasn't in bright, but it was it was still blue. <laughs> yeah, it, it was still blue. It wasn't it wasn't Susie Bishop blue. Was it? Susie but it it was blue. It was, it was blue. blue. Do you want to go through? Do, do you want to go for your track suits and juicy floor blue eyeshadow, Ugg boots? It was a look. It was definitely a look. It was definitely Abercrombie like, and Fitch t-shirt. Very like, that was very the thing. short shorts with with Ugg oh, yeah. boots like. Your feet are very cold, but your legs are not. (laughs) No. No. Of course not. (laughs) Of course not. Um, Do you want to go for your third, the the third pick in the draft of scenes? Oh gosh, I forgot about that. (laughs) We were doing that at one point. We were, weren't we? Okay, I have to say my third one is when they're at the field and they see each other for the first time since the first time they had met. Mm -hmm. Um... And then they, I guess it's kind of two scenes. I don't know. But they then they go into that meeting for the first time. No, I think it, I, I think it's short enough that it counts as one. I think, I think so too. I think it's one. one. But yeah, they meet in the field and then they go into how they met for the first time. Yeah. And what kind of bird are what you? What kind of bird are you? I love that scene so it's much. It's so cute and bold. Makes me so happy. Yeah. Oh my gosh! No, I love that scene so much. Um, What's fourth? I well, well. First of all, I just want to say that, like, I think I think the way Wes Anderson does these sets mm-hmm. for like a church performance of oh, Noah's Arts, where like yeah. the waves are coming in and out, and people are like, it looks handmade, but it looks handmade by Wes Anderson. <laughs> yeah, it's like so perfectly handmade. It's like, it's like so... someone took so much time and effort and attention. And just really wanted it to look great. I don't know. No, completely, yeah. completely. Um, yeah, no, no, no. I think the sets are just beautiful in these, like, stage productions that they do. Um, I think my my fourth pick is going to be the Oh, my God, there's montage. a spider. Can you come kill it, please? Please, please. It's, like, got three legs. Well, that's it's, probably not a spider. No, it was a spider. It was got, missing a leg. I swear to God, it was three missing legs a leg. It's probably not a spider. No, it was a spider. I, I took invertebrates. It's a spider. She took invertebrates. And my It was four- missing a leg. Okay. It had three on one side and four on the other. Where'd it go? It's just dead now. Okay. My fourth pick. The pen pal scene. The one where the mom finds out that they've been pen pals... And then you go back <laughs> so through cute. their entire relationship of, like, what's happened in the meantime, where Sam Shikusky... And I think what's so beautiful about this scene is they just keep getting cut off from each other. Like, mm-hmm. she's like, my favorite color is... And he's like, he's like, Susie, I, I've i missed talking to you. I'm having trouble making friends in this foster home. And you're like, oh my god. Like, mm-hmm. like the way it just zips through their backstory is like... Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the most beautifully edited, it, like n- not only directed because I think we talked we talk about Wes Anderson's directing so much. I'm not sh- I'm actually not sure who edited this movie, but I think that's one of the most beautifully edited scenes, just because mm-hmm. of just the way they string these moments together. Anyways, I just think it's it's a beautiful. Yeah, it is. Beautiful scene. It is. Uh, do you want to pick Bye. your 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 next scene? 
Uh, I'd say, well, I don't know if this is the beach scene again, but I really like the scene where they're kind of opening up to each other and they're talking about, um, but their home lives and, and Sam is talking about how he's, um, are you talking about the scene where, she, where he, he sees the turtle named Albert and he tosses his, it back no, and not then she that finds one. the book? Are you talking about the scene where she says, my favorite characters in books are orphans. That one. And I wish I was an orphan. And then he says, I love you, but you don't know what you're talking about. And she yeah. says, I love you too. And you're like, that's oh exactly my the God. scene. Yeah. Yeah. So that's she... kind of the beach scene, but it's, it's fine. I'll, I'll allow it. Okay. I just love the beach scene. We all love um... the beach scene. <laughs> Yeah. Everything's the beach scene. Yeah. Okay, maybe for variation, I'll say the one with the turtle, because that's pretty cute. And That's uh, pretty cute. And it's, you know, the first time that they've disagreed about something, and she's trying to open up to him, and he's trying to make light of things, and it just doesn't go over well. And Yeah, but then they go, and they have kind of an opposite experience at the beach scene later, where, like, all of my favorite characters are orphans, and... And he was like, you don't know, you don't understand. Like, you don't know anything about that. And, um, no, it's so charming. It's so charming the way, like, you you can tell they just haven't had much in-person contact. They, they, they love each other, but they're, but they're trying to, they're trying to, um, get used to each other's company, essentially, in all these scenes and they're trying to get used to each other's trigger points and all these things and all, you know, it's just, it's, it's not normal. I think one place this podcast should go. (laughs) What were you like in middle school? (laughs) Oh gosh. Yeah. I know. I was thinking that maybe we should go there. (laughs) Oh boy. I was really optimistic and, you know, just trying to figure out social life. Yeah, it's funny. Like, I didn't realize how... It's funny, because I had a lot of social anxiety that I didn't un... didn't realize until way later. Like and, Until, like, we really started dating, I think, when, like... Yeah, or, like, I'd, like talk a to you year about into things. dating. Yeah, like, I'd talk to you about things, and you'd be like, well, you said this a year ago, and I'd be like, whoa, why didn't you... Why didn't you mention that I said this a year ago? You know, stuff like... Stuff, stuff that, obviously, we don't have issues with now, but stuff that... You know stuff that like sixteen year old you would worry about something I said, at at like at like a friend's or something birthday I said. party. I mean, a lot of the anxiety I had was like, like I'd sit in bed at night before I'd go to sleep, and I would just think over and over and over again of my social interactions for that day, and I would think about, like, what could I have said differently? Was that weird? Was that like the right thing to say in that moment? And I was really trying to figure it all out. It, it consumed so much energy, though. Like it was definitely social anxiety. But, um, and then, um, and then tenth grade, we started dating. But like, whoa, whoa, whoa. what were you like in middle school? <laughs> I don't want to get into that. We don't want to. Okay, Bieber. <laughs> I had these, I had these YouTube videos. Um, someone told me this was like early, early into Justin Bieber's YouTube career that someone, someone told me I I looked like Justin Bieber and I was like, Oh, cool. I'll record a video of me lip singing Justin Bieber and see what that does on YouTube. Turns out 140,000 YouTube 
plays. Uh, it is still yeah. up there. I'm enjoy <laughs> to anyone who has not seen that. Uh, I know they're out no, there. But, but they're out there. But honestly, I was girl crazy and it was very awkward. So I like I was I was like I was like constantly falling like head over heels for like girls who like did not have feelings for me and like were not that nice to me. Some of them were nice to me. Some of them weren't. But like. I think ultimately, like, I I was just not, I was just not in a good state most of the time. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, um, in retrospect, it does not feel like a big deal. You're in middle school and you have a crush, but I look, I think back on the feelings that I had and mm-hmm. it felt, it feels like your entire world. Yeah. Which is why, like, I sympathize so much with kids that are going through it. Like, like, moon, yeah, like Moonrise Kingdom. Like Moonrise like Kingdom, just like, yeah. Oh, like, like your heart hurts for them. Because you're like, oh man, I know, I know what that felt like. And it was rough. Yeah. I'm sorry you're experiencing it now. Yeah. Yeah. My, my number six scene, which we forgot to return to, mm. is, uh, Again. my fault. Which is, um, Sam Shikusky crying away with that song playing in the background. Uh, she, he fell in love with the in, Indian maiden over at the antique score. And, and it just feels like this old, old folk song, this old American folk song, and he's like... Oh, and he's like canoeing? He's canoeing, he's canoeing oh, yeah. by himself. It's the first it's time so you cute. see him in the movie, and he's canoeing by himself. Yeah. And, um, and, and then he covers the canoe with like pine needles and stuff. So that he, he, like, hopes that people won't see the canoe when clearly it's not, like, concealed enough. It's just so endearing. Mm -hmm. And, like, at that point in the movie, you're so excited to see him that, like, it just, it just excites you, like, so much that he's, like, canoeing away and you know where he's going. You know he's going to see her. It's so cute. It's so sweet. It's so cute. And and it's so funny because he's like a khaki scout and he's prepared for anything. But he's prepared for anything that you would anticipate as a middle schooler. Exactly. And that's the cutest thing about it. What, so what is it about about this movie that that you would want to pick? Like, like that makes it, Mm. I mean, personally... On Letterboxd, I have it ranked as my second favorite movie of all time. So, obviously, oh, wow. I love yeah. this movie. But, like, yeah. what what is it that you wanted to... Like, yeah. what is it about this movie that connects to you? Well, I guess there are a few things. Um, first, I mean, I just... I love everything Wes Anderson, produ- like, makes. Um, and I just love the way that he uses symmetry asymmetry and colors and um and his shots are so unique like everything about it is you just it's so stylized but in addition specifically for moonrise kingdom i just love the um all the themes around it like i feel like there are very few films where you really get in the head of like your your av- like your your middle schooler who's going through a rough time that like doesn't really mean much like a little like you're in love with this girl that lives on the other side of the island okay but like 
he just takes it to another level. Like they yeah. run away together. Yeah. They end up at the. They get married. They end up at the top of this church on a like, during a hurricane or something. Yes. And um, it's like it just goes to the extreme, and and it's exactly how you feel as a middle schooler in that moment, and and I just think he really captured that um that feeling and i think it's just so beautiful in that way completely and so i guess it's mainly those two things but it just captures that so perfectly the age it's just it's just such a grade a movie like every single time i watch it i walk away just so giddy and happy it is it is really really sweet it is really sweet i love the characters and i love love the characters in it Um, so maybe for the character arm, we should try doing it rapid fire. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm not going to remember the names. Well, you can do them by actor name, or I'll help you out if you don't know the name. Okay, that's good. That? Yeah. Okay. Just let me repeat it afterwards. So it's my number one pick yeah. because, because you got number one in the scene round. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number one, Sam Shkusky. Yeah. Yep. You. Number two is, um... Susie Bishop. Number three is Scoutmaster Ward. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, number four is the policeman. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> Who's the policeman? What's Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Well, what's I, his character name? I don't remember, but I wanted him ah, next. I wanted Bruce him Willis, next. the policeman. Whatever his character number name is. Number five is Bill Murray. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he was pretty good. <laughs> Counselor. Counselor, 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 counselor. You? Number six. <laughs> Rapid fire. I'm trying Let's go. over here. I'm trying. <laughs> Leave me alone. I mean, the mom was pretty good. Francis McDormand. Francis McDormand. Okay, number number six for me is Jason Schwartzman. Wait, as... I had six. So I get five here. You, you're five. Okay, yeah. Okay, five. Jason Schwartzman. Yeah, that was fun. Fun little addition. Yeah. Okay, six is the narrator. Oh, he's so good. He's, he's so, so good. good. Seven, seven. Uh, I'm there just gonna keep no going. Seven. I'm just gonna keep okay. going. Seven social services. Oh she, yeah. Tilda Swinton. <laughs> okay, maybe that should be six. No, no, the narrator is awesome. All right. There is a great yeah. pick. Okay. Lucas Hedges. You could go Lucas Hedges. That's the main pick. Um, the red hair. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's give the red hair. You could also go. She stabbed me with the lefty scissors. She stabbed me in the back with lefty scissors. Again, there's so many great throwaway lines in this movie. Yeah. Um, I kind of, I kind of feel like we should explain our first date. I kind of just feel like that should just be something that we explain right. on this podcast. Sure. So there's this theater at the, at at um, downtown Palo Alto. It's called the Stanford Theater that um, I think Paige and I both sort of went to previously, had some sort of connection with, like Paige used to go with her dad, um, and I used to go with my family, but it's it's this, mo- it's this movie theater that plays specifically old Hollywood movies, so, and uh, they, had an Hitch- they had a Hitchcock festival one spring. And we went to Lady Vanishes, which is a very early Hitchcock movie. Mm-hmm. What's the one line you remember from that? I'll do it if you can't. 
And you do it. There has been no English lady here. <laughs> That's the one. I'm sorry, what? There has been no English lady here. Yep. So that's the line from the movie. And uh, and right around that point, Paige put her head on my shoulders. And I was like, what does this mean? Either I'm very friend-zoned or she likes me. I don't understand. You're like, I'm, I'm one confused. or the other. Uh, turns out she liked me. Yeah. <laughs> and um, here we are seven and a half years later. I still have that movie ticket from our first date. So, so, so Paige kept, kept the ticket, um, that was punched, uh, from our first date and she put it in the back of her phone for a while. Eventually, like in college, I was like, oh, we've been together for so long. We should get this framed. So we got it framed. Mm -hmm. It's at our house framed, but, um, the, uh, the numbers on the ticket of the Cineflex logo are the exact numbers of the ticket on our first date. Yep. So that's kind of a cute little uh, Easter Tail. egg. Yeah, Easter for egg. For whoever catches it. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so going off the characters yeah. that we just listed, I wanted to get into the dynamics between... Uh, Susie's parents and the policeman and I mean you know you, you realize that her mom was having an affair with the policeman and um and that her husband kind of knew about it and was and but this time we kind of noticed more about I think your dad mentioned this but he was taking it looked like there were subtleties around him maybe be taking abuse from her because he would just show up with black eyes after they would have supposed yeah. arguments yeah. And um that was sketchy. And then um and then on top of that, you know, the, the, the these funny scenes where they're in separate beds and they're talking about like they're trying to connect over something that they've bonded over in the past. Like you can just tell it's and um and he's like they're both lawyers, I think. And they um are. he's like, Hey, did the did the judge pass this on your on your in this movement? And then she's like, Yes, it did and then she's like, did, did the judge pass this on this movement in this case? And he's like, yes, yes. And very good, very good. And it's like the only way they can still connect, which is kind of interesting. It's like, it's like, a, it's like you know, the, the film is so based on new love, but then they throw in these pieces of old love that's lost its spark. Yeah, I think, and, and I think all that adds perspective to, like, Susie and mm -hmm. Sam's new love. I mm -hmm. mean, because I think, like, obviously you'd like to think that Susie and Sam's new love is different than her parents' love, but, I mean, mm -hmm. that's what's kind of brutal about all of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think, and I think that Wes Anderson is really good at, he's sort of childlike in a lot of ways, but... He's got an adult perspective on these childlike issues. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what sort of adds depth to this whole movie is just mm -hmm. that, like, you know, you're, 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 you're looking at these kids, but it's obviously, like, an adult that really understands kids but is coming from an adult's perspective. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always, um, it's very understanding and compassionate, but then at the same time it's very, it brings in context. And you're always sort of grounded. Context. Completely. That as a viewer, you're grounded. Completely. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Such a fantastic movie. Can we just talk about the like the the sets with all the like the rigs yeah. where he's like yeah. pulling up the suitcases with like a little rope and So it's the first it's, it's the so first cute. movie he did since um it's the first movie he did since he uh he started doing stop motion movies with oh, like yeah. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Like that was the first stop motion movie he did. Obviously he's done Isle of Dogs since. Mm-hmm. But this is the first um live action movie since he did since his stop motion work and it really shows in mm-hmm. his set decoration, particularly. Um, mm-hmm. like Paige was talking about all the ropes and the sort of things pulling different directions. Yeah. And the tree house that is like that is like fifty feet too high. <laughs> yeah. No, that's definitely things. a reference. Totally. Yeah. It's so cute. I love that stuff. It feels so like, like what are those things called? Hardy Wine, no, Hardy Weinberg machine? Wine? Goldberg machines? That's it. Rube Rube's Goldberg? Goldberg machine. No, no, it's not a Harvey Weinstein machine. <laughs> Harvey Weinstein machines are much scarier. Oh my god, yeah. Much, much, much scarier. Much scarier. And very serious. Very destructive. Rube Goldberg machines That's are, the one. Uh... But there's so many of those. And I love, well, kind of. <laughs> I mean, everything's like, everything's like based on a pulley system and handcrafted boats and tents and everything's just kind of cute and completely completely so i want to talk about the zoom in that happened prior (laughs) to them jumping in the water it felt so much like they zoom in on each character as they're like on their respective rocks prior to jumping into the water you know sam is like throwing his stuff around like throwing his shoes off and and then um Susie is like putting her binoculars down like right by her feet and then they count down three two one and jump in the water but as they're doing that the camera like kind of zooms in on both of them but it was in such a way that felt very 60s I can't even tell you what film I feel like I've seen that in but just the shot itself it's Robert Altman (laughs) probably it's always Robert Altman (laughs) it just felt so 60s and and it was definitely a nod to the era. I think I talked about everything I wanted to talk about. Cool. Do you want to talk about anything else? Sure. We had a great podcast with Lexi. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a really, really, really fun podcast. Yeah, I love Lexi. Lexi's great. Yeah. Lexi's also, it's funny, she's also, like, I think she's both of our best friends, kind of. Like, we all, um... She's my best friend. She's not your best friend. There's such a funny story to how we met, actually. Because Ethan knew both of us. was friends with both of us. And this was prior to Ethan and I dating. And we were at, like, a Pally football game. Pally's our high school. Palo Alto High School. And, um, we're at a football game. And he's just talking to me, like, Oh, yeah, Lexi, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, who's Lexi? He's like, you don't know Lexi? Like, no. He's like, you guys are going to be best friends. Like, what? And he's like, yeah, come here. And he's like texting her. And then he's like, Lexi, come here. And then he pulls us together. And we're just standing like right across from each other. We're like, hi. And then and then he goes, this is Paige. This is Lexi. You guys are going to be best friends. And we both were like, oh, my God, how weird. And- 
And then I and then I the walked away. The funniest thing, yeah, he walked away, leaving us there to just become and best I friends. Was right. And, and I was he right. was right. And I was completely right. I don't right. know how he knew, but but it was true. And yeah. Obviously, it's an honor to have you on. I mean, <laughs> I wanted to have you on from the beginning. That's sweet. So, for the final, for the send off, you can pick any any quote from any movie. And you can say it in whatever voice you want, but you can't say it in your own voice. Mm, okay, let me think. I was thinking um, Roman Holiday. We have to do a Roman Holiday episode, first of all. <gasps> Roman Holiday. Um, I have so many connections to that movie. But, um, but that, I'm going to do whatever I want for a while, or something like that. <laughs> um... What's another? No, that's a great one. I'm ready for my close-up. <laughs> I love that one. She's coming up like... <laughs> <laughs> for those who can't see, Paige is doing a great Norma Desmond face. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Good night, Paige. I will I will see you in the morning. Good night. Good night. Uh, and good night to all our viewers. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cineflag, and I will see you next week.